0: Good evening. We are in the middle of discussing the halakhas of Amir al In fact, they had a really, I can't even call it the middle, they were really just <coughs> about began. Discussing the halakhas of what we can say to a non what we can't say to a non-Jewish, and non etc. I would like to try today to talk about uh, what goes on here in the shul a little bit, because we can't get there, towards so the Loshir, how when we have a catering, which we not really sure, any catering event, and you have candles on the table on a Friday night, how go, the boy, the caterers are up to... The uh, waiters and the waitresses are allowed to remove them, etc. they we'll to blow them out, remove them, clear the, clear the hall, sweep, etc. Uh, enormous amount of things which go on in a uh, catering hall which go on in many places which maybe are permitted or not permitted, we have to understand the background. So let's just recap what we discussed last week. I tried not to do Khazorov because we've done this before, but it's important for us to be able to move on this week and understand the continuation of what we learned last week. We need to just recap what we discussed last week we only really just touch the surface there are four reasons why one may not ask a non-Jew to do a malachah for you on Shabbos either because the prayer says Ko which seems to imply that no malachah may be done for you which is all inclusive of anybody a malachah cannot be done for you via yourself it can't be done for you by another person i.e. a non-Jew whether that's a Pasek which is a biblical command, which is just an asmachda, and it's really only rabbinical. But the basis of the issue is that no malachah may be done for you. Rashi tells us another reason, because the Prophet tells us, Shabbos is a day where one doesn't busy oneself with one's own interests, and one doesn't talk about things which are not permitted on Shabbos, so asking a non-Jew to do a malacha is automatically talking about something which is forbidden on Shabbos, so therefore you can't ask a non-Jew to do malach if you're on Shabbos. The third reason Rashi quotes is because by asking a non-Jew to do malachah he becomes your messenger, he becomes a shliach he is doing a malachah in place in of you if he's doing a in place of you it's equivalent to you doing a malachah yourself and therefore he can't do the melacha if you are a Shabbos and the fourth reason we had in the Rambam was because if you are, we are allowed to ask a non-Jew to do malachah for us then, we'll, then the whole concept of Shabbos becomes light and in our eyes and if you do it reverent and would we'll end up doing malachah ourselves those are the four reasons, all four are relevant as we discussed We began to discuss different aspects of Amir Alakim, but all four are relevant. For example, if I ask a non-Jew on Shabbos to do a malachah tomorrow, on Sunday, I ask a non-Jew on Shabbos, can he do a malacha for me on Sunday? Now, when it, the problem of Shlichus is he doing a malachah for me, he becomes my, uh, my messenger. So he's in my messenger, so what? He's in the Malaqa on Sunday. There's no problem with that. That wouldn't be a problem. Is the Malaqa being done for me on Shabbos? It's not being done for me on Shabbos, so I wouldn't have that problem either. I would have the problem of I'm talking to a non-Jew about Malaqas on Shabbos. And therefore, even that would be forbidden. It might make Malachas light in my eyes as well. It might demean the whole reverence of Shabbos, because I'm talking to a non-Jew on Shabbat about Malachas, be it he's going to do Malachi tomorrow. So therefore, it's awful. To so ask a non-Jew on a Friday, can I do? Can he do a melacha for me on Shabbos? Would not be a problem of zabe perhaps, because I'm asking him on Friday. I'm not talking on Shabbos about anything which is inappropriate. I'm only asking him on Friday. But he is doing a melacha for me on Shabbos. It's not for me that when he does a melacha, I've got a problem of kol melacha lo yoselokem. A melacha is being done for me on Shabbos. I have a, a problem of this non now became ma-shliyat. when I appointed him to do the malacha on Friday, he became my messenger, and when he does the malacha on Shabbos, it's the equivalent of me doing the malacha myself, and that is it's also, so even though we don't have all the reasons in every scenario but we task in the halakha, we take all these reasons as serious reasons relevant to the halakha, and whenever one of these reasons are relevant, it's already forbidden it's already forbidden, so then we discuss very briefly, that there are Two different parts, which we're going to divide into three, two which are really split into three different parts of Amir Lachim. Really the first is the problem of talking to a non-Jew, there's really four, there's four parts really. The first is talking to a non-Jew, talking is split into two parts. Can I ask a non-Jew directly to do a malakha, which we've said you we can't, but what, what, what constitutes asking directly, what's not asking directly? Can I hint to a non-Jew to do a malakha, what's called hinting and what's not called hinting? Can I benefit from a malakha that a non-Jew does for me, which is a completely separate separate area of halakha. I'm not asking the non-Jew to do anything for me. He did it out of his own accord. He did a malakha for me. He turned the light on for me. Can I benefit from the malakha that this non-Jew has done for me? And fourthly, do I have to stop a non-Jew doing a malachah on my behalf? Even if I don't ask him, and I don't benefit from it. Because of a problem of Mara because it looks like I've asked him to do the malakha for me, so if I must stop. Those are four areas of our which we need to get clarity on. What we'd like to discuss today is the first two a little bit the concept of a mirror, what's called telling, and what's called a hint. When is telling permitted? When is the hint permi- uh, permitted? When is the hint not permitted? And when is, is um, the telling not permitted? So, of course, to ask a non-Jew directly to do a malachal for me, whether I ask him on a Friday, I ask him on a Shabbat, it makes not a slight bit of difference. I ask him a Shabbat for Sunday. A direct instruction from a Jew to a non-Jew to do a malachah for him whether the malachah is going to be done on Shabbos or not meaning if I ask him on Friday to do a malachah for me on Shabbos or I ask him on Shabbos to do a malachah for me on Sunday that's a direct instruction that a completely offered unless it will have some of the the parameters which allow us to talk to a non-Jew and ask a non-Jew which we will discuss as we go through the year and as we go through the, the, the series and the to hint to a non-Jew it's also forbidden if the hint has an instructive component to it. So if I say to a non-Jew, for instance, that, you know, last week the lights were left on, and I don't know why you didn't turn the lights off. Why didn't you turn the lights off last week? I don't like my lights on, Ashavas. You know, I don't like them on. That is a hint. I haven't said to the non-Jew, please turn my lights off this week. But I've clearly hinted to him an instruction. I don't want my lights on, so can you please turn them off? It's not, I haven't verbalized it with clarity. I want you to turn my lights off, but I have hinted to him an instruction. I want... I don't like my lights on and you should have turned them off last week. So I haven't actually said and turn them off this week but I have hinted mm-hmm. that it's called a eremez derech It has a instructive note to it. When there's an instruction within my hint then it's forbidden for me to, to say that for Shabbos. I cannot ask an Andrew on oh, Shabbos. I cannot say to an Andrew on Shabbos. You know the oven was on last week and I don't like my oven on because I'm worried if I leave it on it's going to break and it's going to burn out and it's such a worry for me and, and, and you should have turned it off last week and that's awesome.
1: That's
0: eremez awesome. derech that's what, uh, the notion of Chazal, that's how Chazal describe it. A remez which is directively, which has an instructive component to it. There's, there's uh, some semblance of instruction within that remez. I've already hinted, it. I haven't spoken directly to the non jew but the hint is a, a, a directive hint, that is already forbidden shops That's forbidden ashab. So a hint which has no instructive note to it, a hint which is not an instruction at all, you just come in and you say, oh, the light's on and I really can't sleep with my light's on. And the non-Jew understands from that, that it would be beneficial for you for the lights to be switched off. That would be fine. Because I've hinted, I haven't instructed. I didn't ask him, he's not my shriha, because I didn't instruct him, he's not my shriha. He's not doing the malakha for me because I never asked him to do the malakha. So it's not considered him doing the malakha for me. He's doing it for himself because he, he likes me and he wants me to be comfortable and have a good night's sleep. Or well, he's worried that tomorrow morning I'm going to be in a bad mood. I don't have a good night's sleep, So he switches the lights off. There's no daber Dover, because I haven't said anything about switching lights off. So there's none of the components, none of the reasons behind Amir Laakum actually apply. And we're not worried that you, you, your Shabbos is going to become light and, and degraded in, in your eyes, because ver- the very fact that you didn't ask him directly, you said it Derech means to yourself that you understand Shabbos and Shabbos. And I, I've got to be careful when it comes to Shabbos. I can't do a Malach on Shabbos. Therefore we're very careful... Only to say B'Diagh Ramis. Since I've said B'Diagh Ramis, I don't have any of those components of the reasons behind Amir Lakam. Any of the reasons don't apply, and that's it. Okay. So, so, we're talking about a malacha, which is where you don't get direct benefit. A, a, a light, and we discussed this briefly last year, switching off a light is not a benefit. It's an indirect benefit. The benefit, when we talk about we'll discuss that much and when we learn that the halakha is a benefit. Not to benefit from a malacha of a non-Jew is a direct benefit. Switching on a light would be a benefit. Switching off a light is an indirect benefit. Switching off my oven is an indirect benefit. That's not called a direct benefit. Washing up my plate for me is not a direct benefit. Right? It's called a silicone. Now whether washing up is permitted or not, we'll discuss.
1: You're
0: right. Technically speaking, if you said down and she would wash the floor for you, it might be okay. Except that the, 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 the malacca of switching off a light is instantaneous and it will not come to you even stop. Once she does it, she does it. Washing the floor, you see washing the floor, you might have to stop it with a mirror.
1: Right?
0: Uh, she washes the floor, There's nothing to do about it. So now we're entering into into a different different area. When is our permitted? The moment we're talking about when Amir Akum is awesome. We will come to the scenarios, all the scenarios of Amir al We'll work our way through hospitals, old age homes, uh, you name it, we'll, we'll work it through. In today's world, there's almost nothing that, it, it, where you're not going to cross some problem with Amir Akum. some At some stages here, hospitals are all electronic today. Lights electronic, photos are electronic. Uh, you walk into the hospital, there's a, a voice comes out, please wash your hands uh, with... Uh, it, it, you can't get by almost without amir really lakum like at some stage, and we will discuss it, we will go through how to visit people given hospital, when is amir lakum permitted, we will discuss that on this session. So, Remed uh, <coughs> to him, with with a direct where there's some directive within the hint is forbidden, but a hint where there's no directive, that's permitted, but of course, you can't allow a non-jew to do a malakum where you're directly benefiting, so I can't say to the, the non-jew, Oh, it would be so nice if my oven was on, because if my oven was on then I would be able to have my food hot for this morning. So she comes and fetches the it's not going to help you. You can't, that's a direct benefit. That's something which wasn't there before and is there now. A removal of something is called an indirect benefit. It's called a direct syllabus. It's an indirect benefit that's permitted. But to actually add something, so to say to the non-Jew, oh, you know, we don't like eating our meals in the dark, and she comes along and puts the lights on for you, that's awesome. You'll be, it may even be forbidden for you to actually eat in that room. Which we will discuss when we learn how is of benefiting. But indirect... Malakas where there's an indirect benefit, that's fine. Malakas with indirect benefit, that's fine. Direct benefit, that's awesome. Now, the Shoghan says that's a very interesting halakha, which is not so relevant today, but could be relevant. And, and be aware that these halakas that we're discussing are complex, because if somebody has an internet business, so he sells on Amazon. He's got a business where he sells on Amazon, which is uh, 50% of the time, short of the uh, earning money by selling on Amazon, right? You, you, you go to China, you make a product, you sell it on Amazon, and then you go to China, make another product, you sell a bit more on Amazon. When you sell on Amazon, you're selling Shabbos. You're selling Shabbos, you're selling jumpers. you're selling... How does that work? The original China started, many years ago, with vending machines. People discovered that vending machines were a very good source of income. And they would have these little uh, plastic egg balls with things, little things outside the newsagent or they would have vending machines around stations, etc., it was a good business. What do you do when it comes to Shabbos? Uh, 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 there's many areas here which we're, we're, where, and particularly today with modern technology, where things are happening on Shabbos all the time, and I'm instructing, you know, I'm telling Amazon, please, you know, if so-and-so buys on Shabbos, can you make sure that the sale goes through? How can I sell on Amazon on Shabbos, etc.? These are serious, serious ideas which... I need to be really clear in my of Amir Lakum to be able to know when it's permitted, when it's not permitted. And, and you have to sit down and work through each case on its own, in its own merits, to understand exactly the makeup of Mr. A's business with Amazon is slightly different to Mr. B's business. And the, the, the agreements they have are slightly different. And it can change the, the whole, the whole uh, halakha of, of, of Amir Lakhm and Shabbos So they're very, very relevant, extremely important on, on a, a day-to-day basis. Shabbat tells us a very interesting halakha. It's forbidden for a person to hire workers in Shabbos. That means I can't go down to the marketplace and say, look, I need about, you know, I've got to pick all my fruit tomorrow, and I need about 20 people. So I'll go down Shabbos, and I'll tell them, tomorrow I need you to come to me to pick my fruit for me, and hire them, that's awesome. That's because that goes under the halacha of Amelakum, I'm not allowed to do that. And not only that, I can't ask a non-Jew to hire workers for me, because... If I'm allowed to hire the workers, then I can't ask a non-Jew to hire workers because don't forget, to ask a non-Jew to do any malata, whether it's a Biblical isa or a rabbinical isa, is forbidden on Shabbos. I can't ask a non-Jew please go and rent for me for tomorrow. I can't get one of my foremen to, to go down to the marketplace and rent for me, some hire for me some workers, that's also awesome. But, says the short mark. I'm allowed to say to him after Shabbos, I can say to him after Shabbos, why didn't you I'll read you out the words of the Why didn't you... Why didn't you do that thing last time? I, mean, I said to him on Sunday, you know, last Shabbos, why didn't you go down on red workers for me? You know I need workers on Sunday. Why didn't you go down on red workers for me? I haven't said anything about next Shabbat. I said about last Shabbat. Now this gentleman Jolly really well knows that next Shabbat we're going to come to the same problem. We're not going to be able to pick all the fruit in one week two, three, four weeks of work. So next Shabbat, what's he going to do? He's going to go off his own bath, and he's going to go down, and he's going to hire workers for me, and they'll be ready for me first thing Sunday morning, instead of me wasting half a morning looking for my workers, they're going to be there. And so why do that? How come? That's a good question. So now, let's think what this gentleman did. This gentleman didn't actually instruct the non jew to do a malach of him on Shabbat. He hinted to him, but to hint with a directive note to it but it wasn't a direct command it wasn't just a plain remit. it was a remezerach tibur what the Shulchananath is telling us is a very interesting halacha. a remezerach tibur despite the fact that it's forbidden for me to say on Shabbos I can't say on Shabbos to a non-Jew you know last week my album was on and I didn't like my album you should have turned it off because then she's going to do a malachma for me on Shabbos and I instructed on Shabbos but if I make that instruction during the week if I make that instruction during the week for her to go or him to go and do that malach on Shabbat, for me. If it's done, you there. so I can, during the week, I can say to my cleaner, who comes to me every Friday night, you know, last Friday night, I can say this during the week, last Friday night, it was absolutely terrible. The oven was on, it was so hot, it was 27 degrees out, and we just couldn't breathe. And I don't know why you didn't realize we couldn't breathe, it was just terrible. Why didn't you help us out? Come to next Shabbat, it's going to be 28, 29 degrees, and she sees you in the kitchen, she's done, we're going to turn and tell the oven no problem. No problem, because you didn't instruct on Shabbos, not directly or not even an indirect instruction. You only instructed during the week. You instructed during the week, a remiz, but it's a, a, a remiz with an instruction, with an instruction, here, with a directed note to it. And that's permitted because it's done during the week, and the same the other way around. Shmuel tells us of, of, of a case where on Shabbos a person can be maramas, can say a remis to a non-Jew you know, tonight, will you meet me just outside my field tonight at 8 o'clock you know, Shabbos finishes at, at 10 to 8 yeah. so I'll meet you outside my office at 8 o'clock which means, that, that, this non-Jew General will knows that do you want him outside his office before 8 o'clock so that he can work for him so, says that's permitted because even though it's a uh, uh, remez it's a remez with a uh, it's got a connotation of a directive to it right I'll meet you tonight outside my everybody knows football that means clearly it's more than a remez I'm saying to come to my office tonight so we can do some work together and you can do some malachas for me but it's a remez directive we're not asking him to do a malachah on Shabbos we're asking him to do a malachah after Shabbos that's also permitted That permitted on Shabbos because I'm not asking him to do him a on Shabbos I'm asking him to do him a after Shabbos but not directly, so I haven't got Daba I have not Achan, I've asked him to come from after Shabbos, there's no Achan in talking there's no Achan in doing because then I spoke directly so then he becomes my messenger so let's just recap now what we've learned, what we've learned is to ask him not to directly to do a malach for me on Shabbas Or to ask Him directly to do a malach for me on Shabbos Before Shabbos Or to ask Him on Shabbos directly to do a malach of me AFTER Shabbos Any direct instructions to non in all those scenarios on Shabbos for Shabbos before Shabbos before Shabbos on Shabbos for after Shabbos all those three scenarios, completely lost. Completely forbidden I cannot instruct the non to do a direct malach of me a direct instruction to non to do malach in any of those 3 cases completely forbidden.
1: Um, is uh, uh, <laughs> if you said that on Friday hey. Yes, yeah, yeah. You say, oh, as you know,
0: whenever it's uh, over 18 degrees, yeah. and the oven's on, it's just unbearable in the house. And she, you know, and I don't know why. You didn't realize last week. You didn't realize we were just unbearable. Uh, then, if you say to even any type of remedies as long as it's not a direct instruction. That's fine. That's
1: fine. Not Not a shabbos.
0: So again, to a direct command, a direct instruction to a non Jew on shabbos, for shabbos. A direct instruction for to anandu on Shabbos for after Shabbos. Awesome. A direct instruction for to anandu before Shabbat? Before Shabbos. Before Shabbos? Oh, that's out of the question. That's out of the question. Why? Because I'm asking anandu to do a mitzvah on Shabbos. No, so that's a direct instruction. That's a direct instruction. You can't say to your your waiters, you know, we're going to have a, a thing prize tonight, so I need you to put out the candles and mop the floor. You can't do it, you're asking them directly to do them a lot. Okay, that's it. That's simple. You, you've got it much easier deal with your waiters because they know what to do, so we don't have to instruct them anything, which is fine. We're going to work through. We're going to get. We're going to work through. To work through. To work through. We'll work through all the cases. Let's work it through. So. So far, so good, simple. I can't direct a direct instruction on Shabbos, for Shabbos, on Shabbos, or after Shabbos, before Shabbos, for Shabbos. A remedy with a instructive note to it, where there's a directive which is quite clear from the hint, on Shabbos, for Shabbos, on Shabbos, for Shabbos. Say on Shabbos. Oh, you know these candles they burn for so long, and I'm so worried. I can't go to bed because, uh, you know, I can't sleep with the candles burning. And therefore, they get me the understanding that, you know, and why didn't you put them out last time when you saw them burning? And I couldn't go to bed. Then it's a remes derchivu on Shabbos. their derchivu on Friday for Shabbos. Fine. their sibu on Shabbos for Sunday. It's only when it's a remes derchivu on Shabbos. And finally, a remez, which has no directive note to it, which is not an instruction at all. It's just a pure, pure remed. Oh, it's so light in here and I don't like the light. But I don't, there's no connotation of an instruction whatsoever in the comment that I'm making. That's permitted even a shot. That's permitted even a shot. However, all these cases where we allow a message of somehow or other to get through to non-Jew, you must remember it's only a malacha where I don't benefit. If it's a malacha that I benefit from, We will discuss Shkish, she has different Halakhas on real like them Fainal Smoshes, a real I can... ...we'll discuss different different Halakhas ...we'll mm. yeah. be even Derek, we'll discuss mm. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, Fainal Smoshes and other
1: Go and find another guy
0: The place is full of them The place is full of them yeah. That can happen too. That can happen unfortunately. You have to ask. You, you do call us If they a way to you have to ask them you uh, do the no, 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 But if you say that, do you know, so
1: not But
0: am you, I'm going to pay you, means I'm you. you.
1: Oh,
0: if you're saying to them, oh, Rema, I'm so hot in here, I'm pay you and i will pay you. No, 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 I mean, you will I pay you, right. oh, so, so, so that's yeah. a different unlocker. that's not a problem, I mean, I could, that's a, a, different, a different unlocker from you, are, are you allowed to, pay for the left of shabbas. Or okay, yeah, you have to pay or you have to receive payment. Malakh is in I will discuss that. That's not that a, a, a different section. That's not direct on the We're we're discussing the halo of instructing and benefiting. So instructing we've given you the, the parameters. You can not instruct directly, ever. You can instruct with a remez with a tibur on before Shabbos or on Shabbos or after Shabbos. You can't instruct in, 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 indirectly on Shabbos. You can Send a, a, a hint on Shabbos. Now, if you've got a, a, a non-jew who doesn't have very much between, between the brain and between his ears, then there's nothing you can do about it. End of story, you know. He doesn't get a hint that, oh, you don't like sleeping with a microphone, understand. When there's a real problem, then there's nothing you can do. It's just you go find another goat. You cannot ask him in any other way other than a remedy And the very fact that he might not understand it, it means it's a good remit. If it's a, a remedy that he fully properly understands, then it's not really a remedy, it's more likely to be an instruction. There's nothing you answer, you can't answer yet. You cannot answer yet.
1: You just repeat the remedy. You just
0: repeat the remedy. You you say you're so hot and so dangerous. Uh, if you cannot answer it. Yes, yes. it might be embarrassing, but it's not a, I can't help you. If you answer yes, you are instructed. An instruction doesn't have to be a full verbal instruction. An instruction can even be a hand signal. You call the non and you point to the gas, and you say mm, "Hmm." you right? mm-hmm. good. So that's an instruction. You've instructed the non to turn the mic the gas off. Now, some non-Jews don't even know, some people, I don't mean non-Jews speaking, some people don't even understand direct instructions, you know, they don't understand, there's nothing you can do about that. So you cannot,
1: any type of instruction. So then you say, well,
0: like I'm not allowed to instruct anybody, to, 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 uh, I'm not allowed to instruct anybody. You can say that, I can't instruct them. You said I can't. You can say maybe, then. Maybe it's still has
1: so, so you say, I'm, I'm not
0: allowed to instruct the person to switch off. me. If he's a fool, he'll say, oh, well, he's not allowed to instruct. Bye-bye. If he's not a fool, so, he'll yeah, switch off. You, know.
1: you can't tell them. If you tell them,
0: you tell them the instructions. It's got to be without any instructions at all. Oh, no, You can't see you want, you know, my oven's really hot and, and it turns off by turning left, but, uh, you know, you can't do it in a way that he understands the instruction. The moment he understands the instruction, it's awesome. You've got to be very careful. You've got to be very careful. Another example which would constitute an instruction is, Shokhanar talks about a, a, a case like this. We'll talk about a Shokhanar's case and we'll come down to some practical example. Shokhanar um, talks about, in, in the time of, of Hazan, the time of Shokhanar, uh, in Europe there used to be one day a week when there was a market there weren't shops open 24-7 you couldn't have to close things until 12 o'clock a night there was a market that came once a week and sometimes the main market for for, for commerce would only come once every few months and uh, that's when you had to buy your produce to be able to make your products, etc and sometimes it would happen that the, the market day for the area that you would live would be on a Shabbos, which would therefore mean in order for you to be able to Earn any sort of basic panacea, you need to be at that market in Shabbos. Now, the safe of the season says you mustn't live in an area where the marketplace is Shabbos because it's just too risky. The, the, the that, that you're putting yourself in the test. You're putting yourself in is just far too great. Therefore, don't live there. You're actually not allowed to live in an area where the market the marketplace is shabbat. But it could happen that the market is you know it varies, and, and usually it's during the week, and it happened on, on this occasion it was going to be a shabbat and your next six months panacea was dependent on. So, to ask a non-jew to, can you please do business for me and make sure that I can't do that. Because I'm asking a non-jew to buy from the market and the to for me, that's awesome. But what I can do, and so this is very interesting, what I can do is I say to the non-jew, look, you know me and you, we know each other very well, we do business together, we're all, we're all friends, go buy whatever I would normally buy, buy it for yourself. Take that small risk, do me a favour, buy it for yourself and I'll buy it back from you, I might even pay you a profit from shop. And that's okay, because I'm not asking them to do a malakka for me, I'm asking him, go buy it for yourself, and I'll buy up. He wants the Shabbat. That's fine. I haven't asked him to do anything directly for me. Well, he's doing it for himself. He wants to buy the Shabbat, so he can sell it to me, and he'll make a little profit. That's fine. It's perfect. And, I might, and maybe I can even lend him the money to actually buy. Maybe that's also permitted, because if he's not buying it for me, he's buying it for himself. Where's that's that relevance last? I mean, the problem there is that I'm instructing, and even to say to the non-Jew, and this is where the problem is, this really becomes a problem, I say to the non-Jew, you know, I want... I want you to buy for me a thousand pounds worth of of produce. Now I know, and he knows, that the only day it's possible to buy it is the market day, which happens to be on the Shabbos. Now I haven't mentioned Shabbos, and I haven't told him to go and buy on Shabbos, but I have said to him, please, you know, when the market comes, buy for me a thousand pounds worth of produce. That's a direct instruction, because since it's not possible for that non-Jew to do that purchase, on my behalf, other than Shabbos, it's as if I'm instructing directly, please do it on Shabbos. Uh, where's that relevant to us? It's relevant in many places. We'll talk about just how much sort of relevant here and some of on, on, it more globally. Where's relevant for us if mean, I take a pair of shoes into the shoemaker? I take it in half an hour before Shabbos because so I realise I've got a, 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 a Malabar market, Moxari Shabbos, an amazing good shool and, and hundreds of people and I just have to look them like that and I take my shoes out and uh, they're at an angle. So I need, I, need them, I need them fixed. So I run in a half an hour before Shabbos and I'm going to pick them up, multi-Shabbos, 10 minutes after Shabbos is finished because I've got to catch the shoe before the shop closes. So I've not said anything, I've just said please fix my shoes, I didn't say do it on Shabbat He wants you want to you can do it not on Shabbat So I haven't given him any scope, any time which enables him to do that malafa not on shoppers. So that is a direct instruction to do it on the same if I take a car into the mechanic and I say look You know the weekends we don't drive the car so I'll leave my car you Friday afternoon and I'll pick it up on Sunday morning Now if it's possible to fix that car between Friday afternoon and Sunday morning without doing any on Shabbos whatsoever it's only a small repair and technically he could do it by Shabbos if he wants to the fact that he doesn't is his choice that's not a problem for me. I haven't instructed him to do a on Shabbos if however it's not possible it's a huge repair and it's going to take you know seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours to, to fix he needs the engine replacing and I don't know what and it's going to take hours then he says if I've instructed him please do it on Shabbos that's, a good, that's a good where we do get a, a, a real difficulties with, with this on offer is you get people who are in, in the world of business and there's fairs, I, I get these shows. I can't say regularly, but I've had them quite regularly, quite often, there's a, a fair on shops and they want to have a booth there, a fantastic property Now, when you have a booth at these fairs, and they can be anywhere, they can, them, they can be absolutely anywhere, Edinburgh, they, they can be anywhere. The Jews happy not to go, he doesn't want to go, so he wants to send his guy to stand at this booth on shops stand at the booth and Shabbat now when you stand at the booth and shutters, you can't knock something comes up to issue and says what happens and, 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 and how do I make a transaction and if I want to buy it so in, in effect what I'm doing is I'm asking my non-Jew to do a lock of me and sell it to me or buy it me then you get them the, the ones who are a little bit more advanced and I'll say to you, okay, I'll send the booth there with a guy, but he won't, he won't do any transactions. He'll just stand behind the booth and let, it'll have my name on there, Mr. Cohen's, you know wherever it is, big sign, Mr. Cohen, and there's a booth with a guy, and we won't do any transactions, is that permitted, is that not permitted? So then we're entering into a different style of maritime. And that, that, that's, that's just the, the Alok we haven't yet discussed, that's the last area of Amir, Am i allowed to put myself into the situation of, of maritime. Can I take my Shabbos record into a dry cleaner who happens to clean right in the window, so that's where he does all his work because it looks good and people come by and it's like an advertisement, and he's there cleaning my record on Shabbos. And I allow him to do that. Because every walks by knows that nobody wears a record, no priest walk around with records like that. That's definitely a Jewish piece of garment. And, and the only person who wears a record like that in North West London is Mr. So-and-so, Rabbi So-and-so. It's quite clear that his garment is being cleaned on Shabbos by a laundry for him. Is that my Is that not mara That's again where we enter into a new problem. I haven't instructed him. I gave it to him Thursday. I didn't instruct him. He's doing it of his own accord, but there's a problem with my assignment, and that's a, a, the, the fourth area of Amir really Lachish. We'll discuss a little, more, a little bit more on that. Okay, are we clear? So we've got to run through now uh, a Motzei Shabbos, uh, Friday night. So there's a case that's doing in the shul on a Friday night, and for some reason there's. Um, the lady of the center has decided she wants to have candle every with seven candles in and, and lots of glitter uh, hanging down and it's going to look beautiful. And they've got candles in. It comes the end of the meal, the candles are only half burned down. And the caterer comes in and says, right, side wow. wow. So here again we have the no problem. We will see in a moment if we have time. Actually moving those candles is not so terrible. Asking a non-Jew to move the canvas is not so terrible Because we have a halacha, and we'll discuss this in, in, in the next year a bit more at like length we have a halacha, uh, where something can be done by the Jew Even though it's more difficult to do than the non-Jew can do it without Even if it, it includes them a lot For instance, I ask a, a non-Jew to move a piece of muxa to me. It's possible for me to move muxa to them in a tub. So I can take the tablecloth and tip everything onto the floor So technically the movement of it I can I can move my Muqsa It might be complicated and, and it's complex and it's not something I would like to do but it's possible to do it. Where it's possible for me to do it for break yeah okay but where it's possible for me to do it, it doesn't have to be fixed on the floor you can do Tiltum in Asad in other you can um, you know uh, it's possible to carry a candelabra Tiltum and Asad without transgressing the malakas of oh. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about where the lights on in a moment but let's just talk about the muksha of it so it's possible to move it even though it's Muqsa Tiltum and Asad and then I can ask you to directly Please move that candelabra. So since I can do it without transgressing Mr. Shabbos, I can ask him to do it and he can do it a simple <coughs> way. He can pick it up and move it. That's my problem. So technically speaking, I can ask the monk to move, and an operation halakha. We're talking about moving a candle. Moving a candle, I can ask the monk to move the candle for me, since it can be done in a, in a manner which is permitted. However, <coughs> I'm very careful. And we've discussed this when we learned lots of, of um, putting out fires and lighting fires, so, I can't move a candle back and forth, because when the melted wax moves away from the wick or moves back to the wick, that itself constitutes as if I'm extinguishing the fire because by moving the, the, the melted wax away, it, the, the flame will reduce slightly when it comes back, it will go up again, so what I've done is I've reduced the flame, which is kipui and I've made the go up, which is... So I've got to be careful, I've got to make sure that the non-Jews, when they do it, they don't go like this because that's the locker I can't do, so they've got to carefully you can, tilt them and that's up. Uh, you, what you do is you'll take, um, no, no. No, you take... You
1: you you
0: you so you'll take uh, two quarks, and you'll hold the candle ever with the two quarks, and then you move <laughs> it away. That tilt them mess up. If you me to find your way, I'll find your way to do it. Tilt them mess up. I won't try. I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to try. But you can, it can be done. So secondly, that's my problem. But we can get them to move, now, that's easy, that's a simple way around Amir, mean, like so they can clear the table, that's not a problem. Can they put the lights out? Can you actually ask them to, to blow out those candles? So you don't want the candles burning in the kitchen all, all Friday night when you're going home to bed after Semcheh, that's not, you don't want that. No, you can't ask them directly to blow the candles out, so that would be Amir, <coughs> Laakim, to do a lot, that you can't do. You can't even be miraculous to them to put it out. What you can do is you can say a Remez, which is not of their you say, oh, all these candles have to go you know, all these candles are the big wires me. are going to have to come back in the fores all evening to make sure that, that, that everything's safe. And if they understand I mean please put them out. Fine, but put them out. If they don't, nothing you can do about it. <laughs> or you can instruct them, the their Remmers, <coughs> with a tidal, before shutters. You can take them at the last Simchat. Do you remember the last Simchat? The, the one, I had to use the same case, because I had the same waitress. You came and did some work for me, uh, Mr. Valley, and you were here, and you just didn't put the candles down. It was terrible, because had to run back to the fores, uh, I haven't told him to put them out this week, but I told him on Friday that by instructing him that Derek Ramez, even though it's Derek Tibbet, he can then go Friday night put them out. <laughs> that would be, like a around. what we do. In fact, he doesn't. Do you have instructions to put camera out? I mean, not allowed to, but do they ever need instructions?
1: <laughs> They're allowed to remove moxa.
0: They're allowed to move muxas because you can move it still from the stuff Every muxa can be they, they can be a way around moving muxas. So you can ask them to move it You say they can move it directly. That's not a problem. So they can take the tablecloths and they can clear them, even though there's muxa on it. That's not a problem. Because you could technically take the the and tip it onto the floor. And then then kick it to the side. It can be done with their header. Since they can be done with their header, you can ask to instruct directly in you, You can't instruct them to extinguish the, the, the candles, but that you have assume that they understand that that's what's going to have to happen, and that's what they do. When it comes to switching off the gases, or switching off the, the ovens, you can't instruct them, teach yourself the oven. Again, you're not allowed to do that. Hopefully they understand and the oven needs to be switched off, or you have to do it before shoppers remit their activities, and not a direct instruction. Not a direct instruction. The advantage of using the same personnel all the time is that they know what to do. And you don't have to attract them. They just come, they're the sensible people. And they know this is what, this is the protocol, and this is what they do. And off he goes. Off he goes. Are we clear? Any area of Friday night which is not?
1: <laughs> not
0: it as long as you're using an somebody it's not
1: your problem. <laughs> You don't need that, no,
0: that's not do, do you need a candle? No, no, we don't need the candles. And so that's a remez. You've not said anything about <coughs> to, <them before. coughs> to say, we don't need those candles and I wish somebody would switch them off, that would be, or to point to the candle and say, you know, mm-hmm, that, 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 that's, that's a direct instruction. You, you can say a remez on shabbos, or you can give them the the of your credit. That's a simple the simple solution. The remez of your credit. Um, anybody with half with a good of safety, you know, half an ounce of safety will understand what you mean and will will uh, we'll follow follow through with the instruction. We have got time this week, but we need to discuss in, in the coming Shemet is the heta of Amir al for for uh This is something that you, you, know, you mentioned before. The heta to ask the laundry directly and indirectly to do a Malotov for six person. Of what level of sickness are we talking about to allow ourselves to ask a nonju directly? What does it entail asking a nonju? Can we ask them to switch a life on and off? What does it mean to ask a nonju for a khayla? And what about somebody, as you say, visiting a hospital where I'm asking them to do a directly for a laundry? I'm asking to for the khayla. I'm asking them to do a for me! Open my door, shut the door so I can come in and out! Does that, is that considered for the chayla? Is it not considered for the chayla? We'll work our way through the hospitals, etc, because it's extremely relevant. we go to the hospital, visit the personal hospital on There's so oh. many pitfalls in the hospital Enormous amount. The, the, the hospital will come up with a hospital kosher meal. For the chayla, for the, for the person who's unwell. Am I allowed to partake of that too, I'm not partake of it. The, the, the non- nurse comes and switches the light on for the chayla. Can I stay in the room, throughout the room? etc. etc. We have to go through all, all the different areas of Amir al and Mesher Hashem Hopefully, so that many of them at least will know the halakha. Let me just share with you just a very small, very brief vlog, which I think is really beautiful, particularly relevant to coming up to Kabbalah Sattariya, where in order for us to be able to receive the prayer, we needed to be, we needed to be, so there was a condition has of Hashem, there's about 600,000 people there, there had to be 600,000 people for us to be able to do the Kabbalah Sattariya. So each week, is Pasha Saham Yisbah, the beginning of Sayyidah Saham Sefer Bamid was called Chumash of Chumash is, the literally means the Chumash, the Book of Counting. It's called the Book of Counting. Why is it called the Book of Counting? Because in Farshim Bamidba, the prayer, the Book of Counting Khamishor. And again, in Farshim Binchot, the said to us that the Book Khamish of Counting is But is called the Chumash because it's the Book of Counting. But what's interesting is that the word Bekudim, from a Farshim point out, has a different connotation we find in Megillus Esther that the apostle tells us Vajatskei Kammelech Pekidim after as killed sheriff killed so he appointed keep him, he appointed officers of sorts, or some sort of a titled person so Pekidim, and Pekidim is the same word meaning an officer is a numbered person there's, there's a certain number of officers, so an officer is a, a counted person it's not the general public who's not counted but the officers are counted an elite person, somebody who uh, belongs to an elite group is called a because they are a counted person so amena he the king appointed these people who have a, a specific mission Chumash tells us that counted by he counted them as pekidim we look through the census. You see that like, we count the kohanim in a number of ways. We count them according to the lineage of the household. We find that we count them according to the shem. Each shaved is counted separately. We find that we count them according to the golem. to the way they, they were camped with, with the, the uh, flags, etc. And then we count them according to kohanim. The reason why the Torah counts each one of kohanim separately in those different manners to tell us that it's not just we're counting numbers here, we're we're counting to tell you that each member of Christophe has an appointed job and without that person in Christophe, Christophe can't function, it can't function as as a household, like every person in the household is essential for the household to, to be considered a complete home. So too, every member of a shevet is essential for that shevet to be considered a complete shevet. And so too, the Degolin. If one person moves out of the Degolin, out of the place, then the whole formation of Kali when they were resting, when they were camping through the Degolin, was was misplaced. Every person has a set job. And so too, when it comes to Kali every member of Kali is not just a number. He's not just a number of numbers. He's a a He's an appointed person who has a job to do and 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 the purpose to live for one of us separately. He, gave, he spoke to each one of us directly, telling us, we have a job in life. Each person's got his Chalik and Sayyidah. the same Chalkein of the Sayyidah Each person has a direct portion of the Sayyidah which is his, which he has to fulfill. That's his job, that's his task. We don't unfortunately know what it is. We don't have Navim nowadays. The nobby would normally tell us in the old days, you would knock on the nobby's door and you would say to the nobby, please tell me what my purpose in life is, what my portion is Today we don't have a nobby, We don't have a Bessiminkosh. We say the same Chalkein of the Sayyidah the summary Shon- bon about the you bond a bit of my task from Havia may not be saying for sure. If we're the my dust, then we'll know to the lobby what our, our purpose is. And then we'll are able to fulfill our purpose in life. So we'll cover you on a bit of my from here you may not have San Francano. But we need to know. That even today I don't actually know what my purpose is, but I know that I have a purpose. I'm an essential part in the in the in the in the whole makeup of coloursol. Without me, coloursol is not the same. That's the important message we need to take. And then we realize that how, how much we are an essential part of Cladish World, and we can't let Cladish World down. And therefore, we, that, that drives us, that gives us the, 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 the fuel and the ability to continue to grow and become active members of Cladish World and enable the Kabbalah Society to be a true Kabbalah Society because every member of Cladish is important when it comes to the Kabbalah Society. And of course, it will give us a drive to dominate the world that we should be So that we will be the same for Amen. Amen. Amen.